I myself have never given birth to a child, so I don't know that experience. But it's very powerful for me when I sit with parents and especially preparing for baptism, which happens every time we have a baptism of a child or an infant and having the chance to sit with Susan and John and to hear for them just the fierceness and the depth of a love that they are experiencing in this newborn that they'd never experienced before. And I've heard this again and again from parents explaining just how life-changing it is, not because they have a child to take care of, but because they have this new depth of love that they did not know before they had the child. So as we sit and talk about the meaning of baptism, one of the most significant questions that comes up is, what is it that you want to pass on to your child? What is it that you want to make sure is incorporated into their being when you are no longer an active presence in their lives? Because that day's coming. And here you have their response, which is baptism. To baptize and to take those vows and to bring Paul to your vow as well. Why well, I also have never given birth to a church. But the Apostle Paul gave birth to many churches. Especially, he was called to a city called Philippi. This was in the first century, which is now modern Greece. In a very dramatic way, he was called there. He was called there by an angel vision at night. And the whole birth of this church is a very dramatic story which you can read about in Acts 16. It's one of my favorite stories. He finds a businesswoman named Lydia, meets with her prayer group. Paul is thrown into jail because of his ministry. He's in jail. There's an earthquake. All the doors are opened. The jailer wants to kill himself because he knows he's in trouble. Paul says no. The jailer becomes a Christian. His whole family becomes a Christian. Lydia becomes a Christian. Her whole family becomes a Christian. And a church is born. And he loves this church. Like John and Susan love Paul. He has a depth and a fierceness to his love for them. And we can hear that fierceness, we can hear that love and longing as we're in the letter, and we can also hear that he has certain things in mind that he wants them to have incorporated into their being when he's no longer around to be their spiritual guide and their spiritual authority. So let's pray, and then we're going to jump into the first chapter of this letter to the Philippians and hear what God is saying to us as we listen to what Paul was writing to them. Let us pray. God, who made us all with your powerful word, we want your word to speak to us today and to create in us a heart that receives the fullness of your love for us individually, each one of us, calls us to a closeness with you. So by your spirit, may we hear you, for we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Philippians 1, first 11 verses. They signed their letters at the beginning, not at the end. So listen to God's word to you. 
Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons, which means the elders and the deacons, just like we have, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. A very typical greeting for letters, Greek and Jewish. I thank my God every time I remember you constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. And it is right for me to think this way about all of you because you hold me in your heart. For all of you share in God's grace with me both in my imprisonment, you can tell he's in prison again, in another city, he's writing from there, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer. This is my prayer. That your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you to determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ, you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. This is the gift of God's word. I'm going to read verse 9 again. Paul's prayer for this church he loves, that he birthed into being, actually God birthed into being through him. This is my prayer, he writes, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you to determine what is best. With knowledge. The Greek word here is not the common word for knowledge, which was gnosis, G-N-O-S-I-S. No, this is a very interesting word. With, with knowledge, meaning epinosis. That's the Greek word. Epa, deep. A deep knowing. An intimate knowing. A relational kind of knowing. Like marriage. Paul wants them to have the same kind of relationship with Jesus Christ that he has. And if you keep reading just a few more verses, he says, For me to live is Christ. To die is gain. His whole life is Jesus Christ. He wants them to have that kind of closeness and intimacy. So it's my prayer that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge, that kind of relationship, and full insight. The Greek word here is the only place it's found in the New Testament, thesis means that you would be trained. It's also translated discernment. You would be trained in this, this uh, perceptory alertness that all your faculties would be trained to notice God all the time, around you and at work all the time. So this is Paul's prayer, knowing he's not going to always be with this church. He's not always going to be in touch with them. He's not going to be writing letters he wants them to have their own firsthand experience of the living God and to constantly be trained in this wakefulness, if you will, this attentiveness to God every day, all the time, as a part of their lives, which is what he's experienced 
He wants them to have that in their very being. And he knows it's going to take a lifetime. The one who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It doesn't happen like that. It happens over a lifetime. We are trained in prayer and attentiveness and wakefulness to this deep, deep relational knowing of God. That means that however you've been trained in prayer, perhaps someone mentored you when you were just a little child or when you were in youth ministry or maybe when you were a young adult, and made a big impact on you, it's not over. It's not over. The training goes on and on and on for a lifetime to have that deeper, deeper relational intimacy and knowing of God. My prayer life was blown wide open about 20 years ago, and it was blown wide open by someone that I didn't even know was having an impact on me. That person that was having a huge impact on me was Ignatius of Loyola, who lived in the 16th century. You have heard of the Society of Jesus, a.k.a. the Jesuits. Uh, Our Pope, Francis, is a Jesuit. This tradition, this way of praying, comes from Ignatius of Loyola. You've also probably heard of the spiritual exercises, Spiritual Exercises, this is a book that he wrote as he was having his own experience of going deeper with Jesus. This happened to him when he was wounded in war and he had a lot of time to recuperate. And in that time of recuperation, he was reading different things. He was reading things that actually he began to notice drew him closer to God. And he was also reading things and entering into daydreams that were kind of drawing him away from God. And so he started noticing what was taking him closer to that deep knowing, and what was pulling him away. So he started training himself, thesis. He started training himself, and he started training others, and he wrote this book, The Spiritual Exercises, which goes through four different weeks, layers, of entering into the love of God and having your imagination help you enter into the stories of Jesus his death and resurrection, and then his sending you out into the world. Well, he also created an examine of consciousness, a daily examine, so that would help you pay attention to God in your daily life. And if you ask any Jesuit today, what is the heart of the way that they pray, they would tell you that they have learned and are learning to notice God and to wake up and pay attention to God in all things in our bodies, around us, in this world that God made, there's nowhere we can go to be apart from God's presence. Well, this started for me about 20 years ago. I started a doctorate at the seminary that is up in San Anselmo. It's called San Francisco Theological Seminary. Part of that doctorate, I actually wasn't living here at the time. I was living down in Encinitas, and I was working at Solana Beach Presbyterian Church. And so when I began my doctorate, they recommended that you get a spiritual director. I'd never had a spiritual director. I didn't even know how to find a spiritual director. But I was told that there was a wonderful spiritual director at the Catholic Church in Del Mar. So I called her. Her name was Joan. She was a a sister of religious order. I don't remember what her order was. But this was her tradition, was Ignatius of Loyola. I didn't know that either. But she started meeting with me and helping me listen to my life, and she started 
teaching me. And she asked me to get these five books, and I dug them out again, and I started looking at the notes that she wrote in these books. It's called the Take and Receive series. And what do you know? These are based on the spirituality of Ignatius of Loyola. The sentence on the back says this, based on the model of Christian conversion found in the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius, these books are intended for all who hunger to know more intimately God's presence, activity, and love in their lives. Epinosis. Aesthesis. Training me. So she was meeting with me, and she was training me, and she was circling things in here. Do this devotional. Try this one. And I have to tell you, this Presbyterian, and Presbyterians, one of the strengths of our tradition is that we're good with words. And we're focused on the word. The word of God in scripture and the word of God proclaimed in the sermon. You will never go to a Presbyterian worship service and not have a sermon. You can go to a Presbyterian worship service and not have communion. We have it the first Sunday of the month. You cannot go to a Catholic service and not have communion. So we're focused on the word. We're good with words. I've learned prayer with words. Saying words, reading words, reading the word in scripture. But when I started meeting with this spiritual director and learning the prayer practices of Ignatius of Loyola, I started learning to pray in all creation. The five-sense world popped, came alive for me, and the presence and the movement of God all the time, every day, in my life, in my body, in my emotions, I was beginning to be trained to wake up and pay attention to those things. This was new for me, and it blew the wheels off and the walls off and everything off my prayer life and changed me and changed my prayer practices. One of the things that Ignatius of Loyola encouraged all who were entering into the spiritual exercises to do was to pray every day a review of the day. It's called The Examine. There's a little book written for families that want to do this with their kids called Sleeping with Bread. Just paying attention to the last 24 hours and how God was at work in it. And so I learned to pray The Examine. So every day I review the last 24 hours and I look through and I notice with gratitude and with longing in my heart for that epinesis and that aesthesis, I'm noticing the movement of God. And it is the most important thing I do every day. It's almost like plugging in my brain and helping me pay attention. Well, I continued with the doctorate, and I ended up writing my whole dissertation, and this is for all of you to read. No, just kidding. (laughs) On discernment because of what I was learning and realizing I wanted to be that kind of teacher. I wanted to help Presbyterians know God from the inside out, not just the outside in to really have this organic kind of awareness of God's presence all the time. And so I use this actually all the time with the first year officers, our deacons and our elders, as we're learning and being taught this ongoing practice. And you know what? We are so fortunate because we have right in Burlingame the Mercy Center, which is a place of training spiritual directors and training people in Ignatian spirituality and the spiritual exercises. And you can actually call there yourself 
if you're interested in this. And one of the things as I keep growing that I want to do next is that you can do the spiritual exercises, the whole thing, over a year. It's called the 19th annotation. And I want to do it because I'm not done. And we're never done in this epinesis, going deeper and deeper into this love that God has for us in Jesus Christ and training ourselves to wake up and using the five-sense world to enter into Scripture and using our own prayer attentiveness to be aware of God getting our attention and speaking to us all the time around us. So how is this asthesis, epinosis, going on for you? You are a child of God. You came into this world through, in and through Jesus Christ. And what is his longing for you? What is his fierce and deep love wanting for you to incorporate into your being? We see it with Jesus and his disciples. He wanted them to know before he left and they couldn't see him anymore. I'm not gone. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. I am with you. I am alive in you. Come to me. You come to my word because you think that in that word you have life, but no, you have life in me. Jesus isn't just calling us to come to church. Jesus is calling us to come to him, and the church is here to help us do that. So how is your epinosis going? What's taking you deeper in your own relational knowing, your own firsthand experience? Yours. For a long time, I was just living on my parents' faith and the church's faith. But there came a day when I had to have my own experience, and it shifted for me, and that's when I was 16 years old. And I made a commitment and asked Jesus to come into my life, and that began my own relationship. And the church helped that. It was no longer just about going to church or trying to be good. It was more and more about this training in my own firsthand knowing of God. And the training goes on, and it goes on, and it goes on. The things that are accessible for you from the spirituality of Ignatius of Loyola, you too could have a spiritual director. Some of you know I was trained as a spiritual director, but I don't do spiritual direction for people in the church. I do it for outside the church so that it doesn't confuse my roles because it has to be a safe place of listening where there's no confusion. But there are a lot of spiritual directors. And if you're interested, you can call Mercy Center or you can ask me. The prayer of examine is a very accessible way to pray and to learn to pray. And I feel like this is so important that for the next two months, September and October, if any of you have a longing to be mentored by somebody further down the road than you, I'm glad to help you in whatever way I can. I'm going to do that Sundays at 4. If you're interested, in September and October, you can let me know. I think Jesus' longing is the same as Paul's prayer for every single one of us. This is my prayer, Paul said, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge 
epinosis, your own first-hand experience of God's love in Jesus Christ, and full insight, ongoing training, a lifetime of training on how to wake up to God's presence in you and around you all the time so that you can determine what is best. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your amazing love that seeks us out by name and says, I want to come to you and live in you, and I want you to know the fullness of my love yourself. Lord, we pray this day for ourselves. We commit ourselves anew to growing deeply into the depth of your love for us. And Lord, help us to find those things that will wake us up to you and your love, to live with that as the most important thing, as the center of all things and the center of our own lives. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.